All right, everyone, pull out your book of spells. It's Grimoire Appreciation Day. Grimoires, if you're wondering what on earth just came out of my mouth, are <laughs> legendary books where you'll find rituals, charms, spells, instructions, witchcraft, laws, and so on that have influenced generations of spiritualists. It's the only encyclopedia collection I think I would like to own. Yeah. Officially. <laughs> <laughs> you'll have a library and it'll just be grimoires. Yes, please. The word grimoire was most likely born and raised in France, where it was, whoops, I mean, I could have told you that, grimoire. I was a bigger fan of your France. France. <laughs> this is what happens when someone tells me to say something French. <laughs> so the word was most likely born in France, where it was part of a figure of speech people used when they didn't understand what they were reading. Which means every time I've ever read, I could have probably just called something a grimoire. Okay, I really it. just kind of like put the spotlight on you, knowing that's exactly what you were about to say. Like an Ikea manual, a receipt. I was like, I don't understand what's going on. This is such a crazy grimoire. <laughs> now I'm just picturing your Ikea receipt and you're like, this is just the ultimate grimoire. I keep thinking of my restaurant receipts where I'm like, I didn't order three baskets of fries. What? A <laughs> this is a crazy grimoire. This must be witchcraft indeed. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to Rituals, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Christine Schiefer. And I'm M. Schultz. Every week, we'll explore the evolution of spiritualism and the occult through stories, practices, and the impact on modern culture. So today, we're discussing grimoires. And I'm so sorry, but you're all going to have to hear me say that multiple times. <laughs> um, but for what it's worth, I'm having a blast. Yeah, I'm having a blast. Okay. Well, now I'm not. But... <laughs> I am excited to hear about them. The word has been, as we said in another episode, it's been in my mind palace for a long time. And I don't <laughs> think I actually in there. I don't think I actually knew uh, the full history of it. Yeah, I think it was more squatting in my mind palace, like not paying rent because I <laughs> yeah. did not know really the ins and outs of it. But I'm ready to teach you. So even more exciting than that, I'm actually also going to be listing off three of the most influential grimoires that we should all know about. Oh, good. Okay. Well, as you do that, I will be adding them into my shopping cart. Yeah. And by the end of the episode, I'm a quick purchase. So there you go. And then your library will be officially begun. It will be begun. Let's crack into it. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So the first talking prompt here is, uh, are you big readers? And I just feel like it's hurtful. Yeah. <laughs> it's like hurtful. Someone pointedly asked that of M specifically. That's a tough one. That's a toughie because, yeah, I'm not much of a big reader. I hope that doesn't mean that I'm not well versed in things or actively trying to always become a better person. But reading has always been really difficult for me. Like the act of reading is tough. So thankfully, with the advent of audiobooks and things like that and podcasts and YouTube videos, I am becoming much better at it. But as for reading, no, I, I, I am not a big reader. Yeah. In comparison, I am a big reader. In comparison to many of our listeners and people, friends and family, I am not a big reader because I feel like I know people who blow through a book a week. I'm not, I wish I were that person, but I, I get distracted by Gilmore Girls and it's just hard, you know? You do seem like a big reader to me. I, you always seem to have a book, you know, that you're in the middle of. I do admire that in you. I wish I had that ability. Aww. And I did have a roommate for a long time where he was a book a week person. And wow, we were different people. And <laughs> he would just be like, oh, so you're watching The Office again? Okay. But to be fair, he was like reading <laughs> Harry Potter. Okay, so. He was reading mm. Harry Potter. But you know what? He, Anyone can get into that. He had like lists of books he needed to finish by the end of the year. And it was. Wow. I mean, he's a very competitive person by nature, and I'm not. And it showed in just our reading ability. In just your evening activities where you were just watching Jersey Shore and he <laughs> was reading another book. I love Jersey Shore. Okay. <laughs> I know. And I love Gilmore Girls. And here we are. Anyway, yes, we have different takes on reading. But if you do um, listen to any audiobooks, things like that, or if you do read any books, are, are any of them about this sort of topic, the occult yeah, 100% of them are, actually. Really? Yeah, so I actually, I have, I didn't even plan what this. What are you about to pull up? I'm going to pull out two books, which no. in our relationship, this is actually very shocking for Christine. This is My not... palms just began to sweat. I bought myself two books. I'm oh, not kidding. Lord. And they're both about the occult in some way. So the first one is The Book of Witchcraft, A Compendium of Spells, Rituals, and Occult Knowledge. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then the other one's a little silly one, but I thought it was cute. An Illustrated History of Ghosts. Oh, that's very cute, actually. Here's the irony, folks, is that we also have a New York Times bestselling book. Yeah, um, yeah. We we wrote a book. So we that's, wrote a book. Wait, why did the podcast folks not ask if we wrote a book? You know, oh. I feel like that we would have had a better answer to. <laughs> Man, that's, you guys look silly. No, we uh, we wrote a book, but I did say, I told when we were in the very first part of it, I was like, I am famous for not reading. So like, I would look like such an ass if I wrote a book and I did, it was a book I wouldn't read. So I'm really good with blurbs and like bite-sized pieces. And so both of these books are basically that where I feel like they're palatable for me. Which is what we did for our book, sort of like, yes, fun facts and little like excerpts and pictures and yeah, yeah, exactly. My dream, if I, it feels kind of like a moot point considering I'm I'm not a big reader, but I still would love the aesthetic of a spooky library in my house one day. So slowly but surely, I am buying books that hopefully I can actually get myself through and they would fit well in that spooky library. So I'm yeah. manifesting. 
What about you? What, Good for what you. books are I feel like more yours are more true crime. Yeah, I read a lot of crime, but not true crime actually. I read a lot of like crime thrillers. Mm. Uh, so like mystery novels, things like that. I do actually also read a lot of spiritual occult stuff, lucid dreaming. I mean, anything that's like slightly supernatural or paranormal, I'm reading it. I'm listening to it. Astro projecting. I have just like lists of books. Like I have a Goodreads page that's public. And so I have a lot of like, and that's where you drink fans on there. And then books I read are so random. It's like an astro projection guide from like 1985. And then the next one is like... Benicula. Benicula. <laughs> See, Benicula was probably the first occult book I ever read. <laughs> probably same. Honestly, it's yeah. probably the one that got all of us into the spooky stuff. Well, I am happy for you. You are inspiring me. I t- to own two physical books is... I'm impressed. Not something that happens a lot in my house. So. I'm impressed. Good for you. I do have to say, before we move on, what? I feel like you're lying to me, though, because Why? you said... All your books are cult, but I heard from a little bird named Eva, our, and that's why I drink producer, that she caught you reading a book about revolutionary war medicine. And that I did strike me as very occult. You want to know why, though? Because I was, it was very small. It was and very, also, very thin. What on earth were you doing reading that? I'm on my way to tell, okay, to tell, tell you because I me. know it sounds really, well, first of all, I have ADHD. So, like, let's get that straight real quick. Sure, I, sure. I was having about a 24-hour bout of hyperfixating on revolutionary medicine. And you know what? Well, that much I figured out. That much was <laughs> that much was extremely obvious to me. Okay. So it was also written about an apothecary from my hometown. So I heard apothecary and then that's kind of what... Oh, that's cool. And it was all very bite-sized information, like quick fixes for like a dopamine rush. Like it was like, fun fact about amputation. And I was like, whoa. And that was... <laughs> And then you went back to sleep on the plane. Yeah, that's where that came from. I got to say, I'm comforted by that because when I asked Eva, oh, how was your flight? She looked very troubled. And I said, what happened? And she said, well, Em was reading a book. And I said, well, that can't be true. And (laughs) she was like, no, it was. And I was like, well, was it like something like Atlas Obscura? And she was like, it was a book about revolutionary war medicine. And I about dropped my coffee on the ground. And I was like, pardon? And so I am comforted to know that it was, you know, a small book. Like the way the way I heard it and absorbed it, it sounded like this was like a a tome, like a thousand page tome on like the history of revolutionary war medicine. And I was like, if you're not a reader, like that's probably not the place to start. It's like I started at War and Peace or something. Exactly. It was bite-sized information about very drastic medical procedures. And it was interesting. Yeah. And it was like maximum 30 pages. So I was like, okay. And it was about my hometown. It was a whole thing. I feel feel comforted. The hyperfixation's over. But yeah. So other than that, I guess I own three books. And nice to know Eva talks trash about me saying I read all of a sudden. Can I tell you, I think she was really just concerned. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And and so was I, by the way. But I'm, I'm comforted to know the background of this whole story. Okay, I actually, I I just wanted to add real quick because I looked over at my shelf and I remembered that I have a pile of books there that I've collected all about witchcraft and tarot and different spiritual practices. So I have one called Green Witch. I have one called Basic Witches. I have one called Modern Tarot. I have one called Hexing the Patriarchy. That's a good one. So if anyone wants any like witchy book recommendations, I love all of those. I felt like I just forgot. I blanked on all the uh, books that I read that are kind of rituals based Anyway, let's get back to the topic at hand. Do you have any personal experience or understanding of grimoires or or otherwise known as Book of Shadows? Well, yes. I well, first of all, I the book I just described is technically a grimoire, I guess. But what's the name of it again? 
The Book of Practical Witchcraft, a Compendium of Spells, Rituals, and Occult Knowledge. Yeah, that sounds like it. But it's interesting that now we're talking about this because when we covered the Book of Shadows or talked about the Book of Shadows Mm -hmm. a while ago, I couldn't come up with a word to help you understand what a Book of Shadows was because you were like, wait, I don't don't understand. Is it an instruction manual? Is it like your own spells? And I was trying to say, like, it's kind of a catch-all for everything you might need to know for your practice. And had I known that the word grimoire was available, I would have just <laughs> used that. So. And I would have said, well, what the hell are you talking? Well, that doesn't answer yeah, any questions for that's me. That's true. No, but you did a great job explaining it because now that I have the notes, I'm like, oh yeah, that's that thing M described recently. Yes, so thank I, you. I got the picture. The only experience I've had with an official grimoire, I guess, is my stepmom's Book of Shadows, which I have said before, but I'm proud to say again that I will be inheriting one day and I'm very excited to flip through the pages with you. So. That is so magical. I'm so honored that I get to look at it with you. It's so cool. I can't wait. Well, I can wait because I don't want anything to happen to her, obviously. But, you know, in time, we'll have something to look through, I guess, but not for a very long time, hopefully. What about you? I guess most of our books actually seem like grimoires in hindsight, that a lot of them are like compendiums of how-tos and things like that. You know, I don't know that any of the ones I have are technically considered grimoire. I don't think I own one that actually would be considered that, I don't think. But now I feel like this is my, speaking of hyperfixations, I feel like I'm now on a new level of Christmas shopping for myself. I just, I want to get on this and, and learn more and read more of these. Now that I know that Grimoire is actually like a category of mm-hmm. occult books, the library in my head that I will have in a home one day is just <laughs> ever expanding. I'm just very excited. Oh, well, I'm going to make the connection soon between what a grimoire is versus a book of shadows. There's a similarity there, so we'll get to it. Have you gone into your newly acquired book of shadows or grimoire yet to kind of um, add any of it to your daily life for practice or not really? No, I bought it and then absolutely never opened it, which is that's like, To be fair, that's what a lot of people do, including myself, when we buy books, because it's fun to buy the book and then put it on your nightstand and then, you know, it takes a while. Well, one thing that I really liked about this book, because I did flip through it in the bookstore at least, and I I just opened up to the page again, so I feel like that's telling cosmically in some way. But one thing that I really wanted to get into, this was in the middle of me hyperfixating on alchemy, and I was Mm. like, I'm going to learn everything about alchemy, and then I realized (laughs) that I'm not like a 33-degree Freemason or something. But um, (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) But... um, One thing I liked about this book is that they have lists and lists and lists of all of the ingredients that most people use in their spells and what they represent and what the point of them is and how to use them and what it increases, decreases. And so one thing I liked about this instruction manual, if you will, is that it has a whole thing about different types of spell working and how they all play with each other. Oh, so, that's very cool. So I'm I'm excited, I think, out of all of it to learn about all the herbs and what they what they do together. So Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I would love to buy one and really develop like my own book of shadow just because I have a lot of crystals and and candles and things. And I do a few rituals with like dowsing rods, pendulums, that kind of thing. And I would love to keep them all in my own like compendium. But, you know, I just Googled like uh, where to buy like, you know, your own book of shadows to create. And the first one's from Target. And I feel like Mm. maybe that's not the way to go. Like, or Amazon, you know, I want to find, I want to, maybe I'll go to like my local bookstore, my local crystal shop or something. They probably have something like that I can use because I think that would be really fun to get started on. I would love there to be, you know how like some places like a candle store will do like make your own candles. It'd be really lovely if there was some 
hopefully like witch owned store where they do like a do your own DIY book of shadows and they just kind of start you on the basic pages. I love that. I want to say let's do it. But then also we're not witches and I don't want to take from them. So never mind. Let's leave that available to people. Not yet. I'm working on it. Okay. I'll get there. Once I find my book of shadows, I'll get started. Then we can move on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anyway, have you heard the word grimoire before this episode? Yeah, but I, I didn't know... It was just sitting there in my head, like you said, squatting. And I didn't I didn't actually know what it was. I I think I always thought it was actually a darker book of shadows, just because the only reference I remember is from Charmed, where it was the, their book of shadows, but evil. And so it was yeah. all the, the dark magic. You know, I think it has that reputation. It's definitely in Harry Potter. Like I said to Blaze, what's a grimoire? Like, do you know what that is? Because I sort of knew. But and he said, I have no idea. And then two seconds later, he's like, isn't it a book? And I was like, okay, so clearly we have some sort of knowledge from pop culture. It's squatting universally in all of our minds. <laughs> I guess so. So if you're reading from a grimoire, you're basically reading from a book of spells or sacred texts. And so that's kind of the general definition. So for example, if you need to conjure something, find a charm, make a talisman, or just generally have a need for some ancient wisdom, you would check out a grimoire to find that information. Okay, got it. If you've ever read, which I actually was trying to compare the title of your book to this one because it really sounded <laughs> sounded similar. The Encyclopedia of Witches, Witchcraft, and Wicca. Mm. That book, you'll know that the OG reason for grimoires was to conjure and control demons and spirits. Mm. Okay. So that does kind of, to me at least, have like a slightly darker edge to it, to like yeah. conjure demons. I mean, you know, it sounds a little darker. That part I don't need to add into my into my Book of Shadows one day. Yeah, we'll leave that chapter out. Yeah, I'm happy living life with no... No demons, no more than that are already there. No more than exist already, yeah. Some people think that the books themselves also possess magical powers, which is kind of cool. So here's a real thinker for you. Owen Davies, who is a professor of history at the University of Hertfordshire in the UK, wrote a lot about grimoires and is the go-to person on the subject. And he would tell you that while all books on magic could be thought of as grimoires, not all magical books should be thought of as grimoires. Okay. In other words, books can be magical without containing any magic. <laughs> I feel like that's an inspirational quote in a library. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's one on the bookmark, the free bookmark as you're leaving. Books can be magical without containing any magic. It's on your English teacher's wall somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> like fading. Go on an adventure without going anywhere. You know, <laughs> while sitting on your butt. Yep. Yeah. Professor Owen also taught us that the first talk about grimoires dates back to the ancient Middle East. So this hmm. has been a very long term term, a long term yeah. term that's been used. Grimoire's origin story is actually connected to Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. The books have been connected to the development of science, the cultural influence of print and literacy, and the social impact of European colonialism. So Ooh. widespread this thing like you say very squatting in all our minds (laughs) because it's just so widespread since the beginning of time since forever (laughs) i'm sorry to do this to you but i have another thinker for you okay oh oh god okay let me (laughs) turn my brain back on okay (laughs) okay great so the identity of each grimoire is defined by the text and content of each one okay but Independent from the book as a whole, the act of writing and individual words can also be considered magic themselves. Oh, fun. I know. That's pretty deep. And certain words can have power stimulated by the ritual use of specific inks and blood. (gasps) Oh, that's 
intense. Yeah, there's a lot of layers to these grimoires. It's not just like pages in a book. You know, there's a lot. It's the materials. It's the intention behind it. It's the words on the page. There's a lot of layers to these things. It's not my compendium I got at Barnes & Noble. Okay, got it. <laughs> oh, that's where you got that, Barnes & Noble. Well, I didn't write it in my blood, so well, yeah. <laughs> I thought maybe a, a crystal shop or something. <laughs> yeah, unfor- it was not unfortunately, but it was I wish I had gotten it from a mom and pop shop, but it was Barnes & Noble. I'm just taking notes because, uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to be shopping later for one. So <laughs> I'm just curious where, where they come from. Uh, OK, well, I take back what I said about like, this is obviously a grimoire. OK, I said that knowing I knew nothing yet and yet <laughs> I had the audacity to make such a statement. We're educating ourselves. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. So strict old school grimoires have very specific instructions for rituals, including what to wear, what tools to use, and what prayers and incantations to recite and when. Mm. They also include instructions on fasting, sexual abstinence, cleanliness, and prayer. Oh, okay. It is a lot. It's like a, it's almost like a a how-to guide, rules to live by, but like very strict. Step by step, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there are also hierarchies of demons and spirits that can be summoned uh, within within the text. Oof. I would love to know, this is its own episode, I'm sure, but I, I would love to know why, like what are the reasons someone would need to summon a demon? Oh boy. I mean, I imagine it's the same reason you would probably do many different incantations or spells. I guess so. I don't, I don't know. It's a great question. I guess you got to go read one written in blood and find out. <laughs> so today, grimoires are still used, but as you can probably imagine, the ones sold at Barnes & Noble aren't written in blood anymore. Thankfully, <laughs> at, at least let's hope not. There are these newer versions and they have started replacing the old text. So a prime example, this is where we kind of get into what we talked about on a a different episode about your stepmom's Book of Shadows, because that is sort of a newer iteration of what a grimoire is. So Mm. the Book of Shadows traditionally came from Wiccan practices and had exact instructions for everything from rituals and witchcraft laws to incantations and dances but now there's a more modern take, which I it sounds like this is kind of what your stepmom partakes in, which is a Book of Shadows sort of similar to the older texts, but it gets updated by each individual coven or each individual practitioner. Yeah, that was kind of one of the earlier understandings I got when I was looking through her Book of Shadows as a kid. And she always said like, oh, one day I'm going to pass it on to you and you can add pages to it. And then when you pass it on to the next person. That's incredible. So it becomes almost like a a family tree of sorts of like, oh, well, you know, grandma had to use the spell. And it's very, uh, I guess, sacred sacred in a family. Sacred for sure. It reminds me of like an, you know, an old recipe book or something that you Mm -hmm. would have, or a binder that you would pass down. That's very cool. I, I really, I really love that idea. Yeah, I don't know if I'll add any pages to it, but I think I'm certainly the one most inclined to fall into witchcraft at some point. And I think she's to like... To fall into it. <laughs> to just trip and land face first into it. But I think she's like, of all my kids, because she has her own children too, she's like, out of all of them, I think you're the one most likely to carry on its purpose. So, Aww. And I feel like I'm just going to naturally raise children somehow in, in the world of witchcraft. So I'm sure they'll love it one day. Yeah, I feel like you'll at least respect and appreciate it at the very yeah. least, you know, even if you don't add to it. Definitely. You know, and I didn't realize like the Book of Shadows that was kind of brought to the Wiccan world in the 70s. So it it wasn't even, you know, that long ago. It's sort of a, a, a new age kind of way to look at a grimoire, which is really interesting. 
So for those that have created their own book of shadows or know someone who has, there are some grimoires that probably served as their base or like Mm -hmm. their, their inspiration and then added on in more individual ways from there. Up next, the power of three can't be denied. We'll reveal three of the most influential grimoires that maybe you'll want to add to your rituals book collection. I got an empty library that needs a fill-in. <laughs> empty library. It has two books in it already. <laughs> I'm taking very early contenders now. Okay, great, great. I'll add them to the list. They're responsible for some of the most horrifying acts of violence ever known. Men and women who went to lethal extremes. But why? Every Monday and Thursday on Serial Killers, follow the life and crimes of an actual murderer, exploring the reasons why they lived to kill. Using extensive research and details you won't hear anywhere else, Serial Killers examines the psyche of a killer, their motives and targets, and law enforcement's pursuit to stop their spree. Listen now and catch our special series on manhunts, where we follow the processes police use as they hunt for murderers in treacherous terrains and unusual locations. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Serial Killers. Listen free only on Spotify. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com Spotify. TommyJohn.com Spotify. See site for details. All right, Em, I promised you some major influence in the world of grimoires. So let's talk about three of them that are beloved in the world of witchcraft. Ah, I'm so excited. Me too. Okay, the first one we're going to start with is called The Sixth and Seventh Books of Moses. Hmm. Already curious about what happened through one through five, but okay. (laughs) Those are uh, irrelevant, okay? Not part of the library, got it. We're talking about six and seven only. So this is actually a more recent grimoire that first got passed around in the 18th century. Once it landed in America via the Pennsylvania Dutch, Black communities in the country, including those from the Caribbean, were drawn to this book. Oh, okay. It was allegedly the written secret wisdom of Moses and became the foundation, get this, of Rastafarianism. Get out of town. I know. Isn't that fascinating? Huh. Okay. So it became the foundation of Rastafarianism, but also different religious movements in West Africa. I don't think it ever crossed my mind before that Rastafarianism and witchcraft would come from the same roots. But now that I'm saying it out loud, I feel like I did kind of know that they ran in the same circles, but I don't know. I never... It's definitely something we never learned in uh, in my school. So In history class? Yeah. In history well. class. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> So this book was actually published by L.W. DeLorence in Chicago, and he made a career out of putting occult texts out into the world. Cool. What a cool job. Yeah. He was credited for not only printing the sixth and seventh books of Moses, but for the fact that it influenced the development of a new type of obia in Jamaica. Oh, cool. I know. So the methods in this book became known as science, with a capital S, and called for the use of crystal balls and fortune-telling cards. My kind of science. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. 
The book also talked about the use of substances that have some interesting names. So here are some of these substances discussed in the book. One is compelling powder. Mm. One is essence of seven spirits. (sighs) One is Saturn blood. And then my personal favorite, destruction powder. I feel like I have used a lot of destruction powder at <laughs> some point in my life. Just by mistake. <laughs> by mistake. Just by thinking about it. Wow, that's so, so cool. So are these, I don't know if this is something that people still use or maybe they have different words. I feel like I've never heard of Saturn blood. I, I'd like want to go research the heck out of it now. So interesting. You got by the sixth and seventh book of Moses. You definitely gave me something to... uh distract myself with later today. So now I'm going to go... I'm so proud of that fact. I'm going to go learn about the essence of seven spirits and then <laughs> weirdly know too much about it and no stranger at the grocery store will want to stop and make small talk with me. We're going to catch you on the airplane reading about this and uh, <laughs> not know what is happening. <laughs> so Jamaican authorities became pretty hostile, actually, toward L.W. DeLorence's book, and they eventually condemned and banned it because of its association with Obia. Mm-hmm. But the government went even further than that because in 1833, they passed the Vagrancy Act, which prohibited Obia. And then the Obia Act was passed in 1854, which literally attacked Obia and made it a crime to actually practice it. Okay. Now, one of the last arrests for Obia was in 1977. And the law itself actually hasn't gone away. It just isn't enforced anymore these days. So it just kind of fell out of favor, I guess. Gotcha. But in 2019, so quite recently, there was actually talk to officially get this law repealed. Oh. As of today's recording, this is a TBD situation. We're not sure in the future if this will actually get repealed, if it'll go anywhere, but uh, we'll keep we'll keep an eye on it. It's one of those things where you don't think about how it's still in the, the political world today. Yes. The, yeah. Yeah. So the second grimoire I would like to discuss with you, M, is The Key of Solomon the King. Okay. Now, this is the second influential grimoire I wanted to discuss. It's been called Enduring and Notorious, and it was allegedly written by King Solomon himself and was passed around during the first few centuries A.D. in the Eastern Mediterranean. So old school. school. Very old. Very old. By the 15th century, Western scientists got a hold of it. And some clergymen also got their own copies of this book and called it heretical. Aren't we surprised by this? No. 1,000% no, I'm not. (laughs) Okay, but here's a fun little twist. Some some of these clergymen actually secretly loved this book. (gasps) I know. I know. Ah, And you know they did. Like, we know. But I'm glad that we actually have have researchers who say it's true. Because my mind would have been like, someone was keeping that book under their pillow. Exactly. (laughs) So the admiration for the key of Solomon the King has been because some people have wanted to get a hold of some wisdom from the, quote, wisest of the wise, King Solomon. Mm Mm-hmm. And there are others who wanted to own the text so they could vanquish the spirits that guarded them. Oh, okay. Okay. Sure. Wide range of reasons. Cool. Whatever you need it for, I guess it'll help. (laughs) Now, there's no definitive version of the key of Solomon the king, but whatever version you come across, you'll find rituals used for personal rather than spiritual well-being. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, for example, you would check out this grimoire to, quote, provoke love, punish enemies, become invisible. (laughs) Let's just put a pin in that and deal with thieves. Uh, all good <laughs> things to know. I feel like Become Invisible could really help you with all the other three. <laughs> you know, like deal with thieves, just like be invisible. Bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a real 
expansive list on things you could learn that could be helpful. Yes, and a sort of more practical application, you know, like day to day application. Right. Or you could use it to conjure up the commands that helps you control the angels of darkness. So also good to know. Also very practical application if, you, yeah. if you're into that kind of thing. Also a way to control the angels of darkness is also to become invisible. I feel like that's the golden rule. You're 100% right. Also a good way to deal with thieves. Just conjure up an angel of darkness. They'll handle it for you. I feel like the invisible chapter is really getting overlooked and we are shining a light on. I'm saying, I'm saying <laughs> that that's like uh, underrated. I think we got to put our little free bookmark from the library in that chapter. Just know if I'm folding any page corner, it's the invisible chapter. So. <laughs> yeah. Just know if I hear you stomping around and don't see you, it's because you bought that book and learned a thing or two. <laughs> <laughs> just one more influential grimoire you all need to know about, but you'll have to wait just a little bit longer. Okay. Coming up, I'll mention a few modern-day pop culture appearances by grimoires. But first, don't miss the reveal of the third influential grimoire on our list and why it's very different from the rest. Mm, Okay. One of these things is not like the other. Dun-dun. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, so I've given you two influential grimoires to add to your magical library, Em. Thank you. We've had the sixth and seventh books of Moses that really helped lay the foundation of Obia. And we've had the key of Solomon the king, where you can find texts that help you on a more personal level than spiritual, such as dealing with thieves and becoming invisible. I feel like if you're dealing with angels of darkness, though, it has become spiritual. <laughs> uh, yeah, that part is sort of like a uh, practical application Sort of, but more... It's both. It's both, I guess. Yeah, good point. As promised, I now have the third grimoire you need to know about, and this is the Necronomicon. Mm. Do you know anything about this? (sighs) No, I have very recently, and by recently, I mean last night when I was looking through these notes, I found out that it was not real, and I didn't know that. I've never read it or anything. I don't... It's not like I was believing it as fact but i just have heard it so much that it's like in the zeitgeist and i just thought like oh that's obviously like another book that was written forever ago that people take seriously well you just spoiled the whole next fun plot twist of my bullet point but here sorry here we go so 
this is a, a bit of a twist. And like you said, one of these is not like the other because this book actually came from the mind of horror and fantasy writer H.P. Lovecraft, meaning it is a work of fiction. Uh-huh. As Emma already told us all, it's fake. I, <laughs> tw- not even 24 hours ago, found this out. And it's kind of blown my mind that I, I feel silly for not having known. After the title came to him in a dream, which is pretty cool, Lovecraft conjured up a backstory for it, saying it was written by a Yemeni poet in the 8th century. Oh, And then he first wrote about it in his short story, The Hound, which was published in 1924. Mm. Now, you may be wondering, well, why is it so influential? Why is it one of the top three most influential grimoires? And why, like Em said, is it in the zeitgeist? Well, that's because even though it was all made up, a lot of people have taken it at least semi-seriously as a real text. Okay, that makes me feel a lot better because I thought for a second I stood alone and like... Oh, certainly not. No, no. Okay, okay. No, no, because there were actually rumors starting in the 1930s that the Necronomicon was a real historical text. And so people began to believe this and several, quote unquote, real versions actually of Necronomicons have been published. So people are like fanning the flames here by Mm. publishing these and saying, oh, they're really ancient texts and they're not. And I would have eaten it up. (laughs) (laughs) I see you over there like pulling them out of the library. Like, damn it. (laughs) All of a sudden I'm like deleting it from my cart. I'm like, never mind. (laughs) Save for later, just in case. (laughs) One of the most famous real versions is actually called the Simon Necronomicon, which has references to fictional deities created by H.P. Lovecraft himself and the teachings of Aleister Crowley. Oh, so very wow. cool. Like even if even though it's fictional, you know, very interesting historically, just a very cool text, even though it's disappointingly not from the 8th century. <laughs> right, right. And actually, fun fact for you, you can literally search YouTube for the Necronomicon or the Simon Necronomicon, and you can find tons of people discussing this in a serious way, like oh. as if this were an old text. So I think there's a little bit of confusion out there. Are they discussing it as serious text as if like they know it's fake and just for fun? No, I I think people genuinely don't realize that this is a work of fiction. Okay, so there's something that up until yesterday, I would have probably watched them and absorbed it fully. And I'm like, absolutely. Okay. You know, I was in the market for a new hyperfixation. So I will be opening up YouTube in about two seconds and marking a tab for when we're done recording. (laughs) Excellent. Well, I'm so glad to always be offering you new hyperfixations. It's one of my prides and joy to be able to do for you. Mm -hmm. I also want to add, I was thinking about the Necronomicon and I sort of, I did actually, surprisingly for once, know that this was fictional and I was trying to figure out why. And it's because, did you ever watch the show Lovecraft Country on HBO? Mm Mm-mm. Okay, so Lovecraft Country is a series on HBO starring Jonathan Majors and Journey Smollett. And of course, I immediately fell in love with both of them as I watched it. And that's (laughs) why I watched the entire series. They mentioned the Necronomicon because this is sort of like a a horror fiction series based loosely on, you know, has like Lovecraftian influence. Okay. So anyway, I had heard the Necronomicon during my watching of that show. And so I I think I kind of realized it was connected to H.P. Lovecraft. And that's how I knew this probably wasn't, quote unquote, a real grimoire. Sure. But, you know, great show. Check it out. But there have also been other mentions of grimoires in pop culture. For example, Charmed, which you mentioned up top, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and Harry Potter. 
So nice. I imagine some of us have heard of it, even in passing. Again, that's why it's universally in all of our minds somewhere, and we just don't know how <laughs> it got there. It's just squatting, you know? Yeah. Oh, so, M, are there any of these grimoires that you'd be interested in checking out and purchasing for your library? I mean, all of them. <laughs> okay, good. Me too. <laughs> I do think I would start with the Necronomicon. I keep wanting to call it Necrocomicon. <laughs> Wait, now that's a fun twist. <laughs> I wonder if at Comic-Con they have a Necro Comic-Con. I don't know. Yeah. like a, If they don't, they should. A special version of it. But no, I would start with that one just because now I know that there's like a silly lore of like half the people out there believe it. And I was one of them 24 hours ago. So Really? Because my immediate thought was like, well, then I don't want to read that because I want to read the real ones. <laughs> no, I think I, I like being in on the, the joke if there is one. Like I like... I know something you don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I just want to... I don't know, feel good about myself for Are a second. Are you going to just like make a fake account and comment on it, all the videos like, you know, this is fake, right? No, I would actually probably push people into thinking it was more legit for some reason. You are just, terrible. I don't know. It just sounded the most interesting, I think. So I would probably jump there and do like a backwards thing where I read that one first and then go down the line. Yeah, I know Lovecraft himself had some quite problematic viewpoints. So, you know, just just a side note out there before this episode comes out that that's definitely uh, oh another fun fact I know about him. Again, thank you for educating me because I didn't even know that. He also wrote like he wrote Cthulhu or he's the reason for Cthulhu. Yeah, right? he wrote. Oh, my gosh. He wrote a lot of the early sci-fi that has influenced a lot of our current stuff. So. I think Cthulhu, yeah, the call the call of Cthulhu. I hate saying that. I'm so mad that you made me say that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I yeah. don't, I'm also now going to go learn all about the problematic parts, too. There's just a lot to unpack here. I'm very excited about it. There certainly is. And uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and get my hands on some of these books of shadows, maybe do a little research, do a little scribbling of my own. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be fun. One of the problems I have when it comes to things like tarot and crystals is that I just, it's hard for me to remember all of it. So I guess this is a great solution. I can write it down in like a compendium and have it all in one place. It makes sense, but it's also one of those things where I don't know if it's my own brain or I don't know where it comes from, but I really do have the inability to f complete any project. So I have a <laughs> probably ADHD, but I... I do have a, a fantasy of completing a project. And if I ever were to do that, I think I would want to create my own book of shadows. I'm so lucky. I already have a stepmom who's a witch and has already done it for me. So worst case scenario, I have to throw like one page in at a time. Well, you know, I didn't know about these other siblings who are vying for it. You might want to get that in writing just in case. I don't think they're vying for it. I think I'm pretty in the bag. So, oh, you got it. Okay. Yeah, good. I'm pretty in the clear, I think. Also, it has been stated publicly at every family gathering since I was like 12. So and on a few podcast episodes. And a few, yeah, it's very publicly. So I think I have secured myself with this Good. Book of Shadows. Good. If I could make my own Book of Shadows, I would certainly want to and I would want to do it justice so well maybe i'll make one and then when i die you can have it and then you'll start really just collecting them from other people and then you don't have to make your own well that was the point i, I held off on earlier because i was going to say i love that it started as like grimoires were like this really intense written in blood strict like, super strict and now we've talked about this in other episodes too but in modern witchcraft like a spell book is a blog. <laughs> yeah. It's still seen as really important and the information isn't any less important. It's just we've found a way to make it more comfortable and easy and convenient on ourselves to be able to practice witchcraft. And so I 
like my stepmom's book of shadows, half the pages are just like printed out from online. Like it's not. It's not written in blood. That's weird. Half of it is. But oh, well, I the, see. Okay. The other is just computer ink. Good, 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 good. Printer ink. But I do like the idea of like, hey, if you really wanted to get into making a book of shadows and for people like me where it's really hard to actually sit down with craft material and handwrite everything it is much easier for people it's accessible it's it's accessible accessible. yeah where i I could now just do it all in a word document and print it out and i don't know have it spiral bound at kinko's and i've got myself a book of shadows you know (laughs) honestly if you don't do that i will and i (laughs) will only use custom or word art on all the pages and it's going to be beautiful. I'm going to do some wingdings just to make it look a little uh, secretive. That feels like dark magic. So Yeah, okay, I, you're right. I, I'm treading into some darker territory. You're recursing the books. It's <laughs> becoming more and more of a grimoire as we speak. So, <laughs> Well, anyway, I'm very excited to at least pretend I'm going to uh, get more into the, into the grimoires. So. Got it. Okay, great. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Information on today's episode came from Grimoire, a history of magic books by Owen Davies, the Encyclopedia of Witches, Witchcraft, and Wicca by Rosemary Ellen Guiley, The Guardian, William Laurent de Lawrence, and Jamaican Folk Religion by W.F. Elkins, The Racist History of Jamaica's Obia Laws by Diana Patton, Loop News, hplovecraft.com, and New York University's Institute for the Study of the Ancient World. Remember to follow Rituals on Spotify to get a brand new episode every week. And you can listen to this and all other episodes of Rituals for free exclusively on Spotify. And if you like this show, follow at Parcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. You can find me at VM Schultz. You can find me at Xteen Schiefer. Thanks again for listening and we will see you next week. Rituals is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. It was created by Max Cutler. Sound designed by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. Research by Sapphire Williams. Fact checking by Katherine Barner. It's produced by Kristen Acevedo and Jonathan Ratliff with production assistance by Ron Shapiro. We're your hosts, Christine Schiefer and M. Schultz. Dahmer, Bundy, Gacy, Ramirez, You know the names, but do you know the whole terrifying story? Every Monday and Thursday on Serial Killers, take a horrific journey through the origin, evolution, and madness of a real-life murderer, exploring the reasons why they lived to kill. Some were charismatic, others were calculated, but all of them were disturbingly deadly. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Serial Killers. Listen free only on Spotify.